And to Jesus be all the glory today and all the honor and all the praise. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me today. I pray the Lord today would use this beautiful teaching on the prophetic to bless your life. I'm ministering on the four realms of the prophetic. Because so much today is being said and taught and thought about when it comes to the prophetic, and some of it, sadly, is not biblical. So we need to see what does the Bible say about prophecy, about the realms of the prophetic. There are four different realms of the prophetic. Number one, scripture is prophecy. Number two, the spirit of prophecy. Number three, the office of a prophet. And number four, the gift of prophecy. So let's explain all that. But let's pray first. Wonderful Lord, I thank you today for your word. Oh, dearest Jesus, I give you praise. All the praise and the glory, the honor and the dominion and majesty is yours, Lord. And Lord, I pray you'll bless your people today with truth. Establish each one in Jesus' wonderful name, in your word establishes in your word and establish your word in us and gospel said amen and amen all right let's go to acts chapter 2 and while we do i wanted to remember please to share this with your friends because it is so needed today to understand what the bible really has to say it shall come to pass in the last days acts 2 17 saith god i will pour out my spirit of my spirit upon all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And again, he repeats, and they shall prophesy. You know, in the New Testament alone, the word prophesy, prophecy, or prophet, is mentioned 186 times just in the New Testament. Think about that. The word prophecy, prophesy, prophesied, prophets mentioned 186 times in the New Testament alone. It shows you how important this truth is to the Lord. And we in the church really need to understand the prophetic because we need it. Okay, now some people uh, don't accept it. Some people have rejected this beautiful gift. And that's probably because of the extremes and maybe the confusion and the mistakes made. But the gifts are biblical, important. The operation of the prophetic is so important in our life. We need it so much now. So let's begin with the prophecy of Scripture. Let's understand what that means. Let's go to Second Peter and let's look at chapter 1 and let's look at verse 20 and 21. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. So now when Peter talks about the prophecy of Scripture, he's talking about the Bible. The word of God, because it says, for the prophecy, meaning the word of God, 
came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Think about over 40 men, or 40 men, over a period of 1,600 years, 66 books we call the Bible. So the Bible is really books. And yet we see one revelation, one truth, Jesus, revealed throughout the 66 books of the Bible. So the Bible really is prophecy. It is prophecy. So when we talk about the first realm, we're talking about that biblical, pure revelation of God's word inspired by the Holy Spirit, given to the Old Covenant and New Testament. Men God used, the prophets of the Old Covenant, the apostles of the New Testament. That is called the prophecy of Scripture. All the epistles are prophetic. They're all prophecy of Scripture too. So it is the declaration of God's word as revealed to man. It contains no mistakes, no errors, no imperfections. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's divine truth. And it has no human mixture. The Bible is an endless book of revelation and truth about the Lord inexhaustible truth. And these are written that you might believe, the Bible says, that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, the prophecy of Scripture is the only kind of prophecy that can claim the level of inspiration. Now, all other prophecies or rounds of prophecy should be, of course, inspired by God, but they're not exact direct revelations because God uses human vessels. So it's important to understand that these human vessels were the prophets and the apostles who were inspired to give us the first realm, the realm of prophecy, the word of God, the prophecy of scripture, I should say, the word of God. But all other realms should be, of course, inspired but there is mixture in those other realms. The second realm I want to talk to you about is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is mentioned in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10, and it says this, And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou, do it not, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now the spirit of prophecy is the anointing of the Holy Spirit that enables men and women who do not have the office of a prophet, who do not have the gift of prophecy, to come under the, the influence, uh, the gift of prophecy. So this is really important to really understand that they can, under, they, they can come under that influence and, and they can begin literally to, 
receive um, the word of God for other people. They can, for example, in my meetings when in the crusades, and it's happened in many other uh, services, when the anointing begins to flow powerfully, people begin to hear from God. And I've had people talk about how when the anointing began to flow, the Lord would give them a word for someone that was sitting next to them and would say something to them that the Lord has just spoken. That is the spirit of prophecy. That all believers, even if they don't have the gift of prophecy, can receive and share what God is telling them. So um, this is wonderful. So uh, those with the gift uh, also cannot move out when that gift is an operation. It's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. It's very important. That is the realm that is called the spirit of prophecy. Do you remember in 1 Samuel 19 when uh, Saul was looking for David? Let's, let, me, let me show that quickly. 1 Samuel 19, we see that again there. He came seeking David and he came under the influence of the prophetic in the life of Samuel. So it says here, so David fled, I'm reading 1 Samuel 19, beginning at verse 18. So David fled and escaped and came to Samuel to Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. He and Samuel went and dwelt in Naot. He was told Saul saying, behold, David is in Naot in Ramah and Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as appointed over them, the Spirit of God was upon the messengers of Saul, and they prophesied. That's the spirit of prophecy that comes up in individuals that don't even have the gift. And then it was told Saul, when it was told Saul, he sent other messengers, and then they prophesied also, it says in verse 21. And then it says he himself came to Ramah, and now he himself came under the influence of the, of the prophetic, and it says he prophesied all night. Think about a man prophesying that that long because the spirit was moving of the prophetic. And he, and he was not living for the Lord at that time. In fact, it says, you know, that he was on the floor naked uh, all day and all night. That means that it could be a mixture here. Uh, well, it is a mixture here, so it could be a mixture in some cases where the individual is not living for the Lord. <clears throat> Yet the prophetic came up. So that is the spirit of prophecy. And a lot of people have experienced that and not maybe understood why. Well, because it is that beautiful anointing that flows and touches people when the anointing is strong. Now, let me talk about the, the office of a prophet. The office of a, of a prophet is mentioned in Ephesians. <clears throat> let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and let's read verse 19. And let's read also verse 20. It says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And then when you read Ephesians 4, 11, it talks about the office of a prophet. It says he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So the office of a prophet, 
what is the office of a prophet? Well, uh, the office of a prophet is the, is the individual or a vessel chosen to function accurately in the realm of the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, confirmation, revelation, illumination, prophetic utterance, predictions, visions, and ministry confirmation. Now, I'll go through that again and explain it. So, a prophet is a man I know named Bill Hammond. He's a real prophet in our day. There's others like him. He's up in age. And Bill is a wonderful man. And there's many like him that God has really given that beautiful office of a prophet like Agabus of old in the book of Acts. So, the gift of a, or the office, I should say, of a prophet is a very important one because uh, all can prophesy, but not all are prophets. So a prophet is the one who can function in all what? The word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, confirmation of a word, the revelation of God's word, that he can break it down for you to your level, illuminating God's word to you. And he also is one who speaks prophetically and predicts things to come like Agabus did about the famine that came in the book of Acts. Uh, One who uh, explains visions and also confirms ministries. That is a prophet. We don't see a, you know, a lot of them in our day, even though some people call themselves that. But they, they need to operate in all these gifts I just mentioned. So all prophecy now, not prophets, all prophecy must be judged. We cannot judge a prophet. Only God will judge a prophet. We judge prophecy. Prophecy has to be judged. So, because all are to prophesy, not all are to be prophets. So, the first realm is the scripture. The second realm is the atmosphere. The third realm is the office of a man or a woman who is a prophet. Now, here, it, uh, we, we need to read First Corinthians 14 now because this is important that we really get the gift. But the Bible says um, that we, for you may all prophesy, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31, you may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and may be comforted. Isn't that beautiful? So what I love about this amazing word of God that, that we have is the gift of prophecy belongs to all of us. Every one of you literally can, can prophesy. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 through 10. Let's look at that. That's 1 Corinthians and chapter 12. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but the same God, which works all in all. 
but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit to another faith, by the same Spirit to another the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy. So this is the gift of prophecy. Now, the office of a prophet operates in all these gifts, yet individuals in the church can prophesy. Tomorrow I'm going to show, um, show you how to develop the gift of prophecy, but the gift of prophecy really is given to believers to exhort you, to edify you, to comfort you, because that's what the Bible says very clearly. In 1 Corinthians 14, 3, it says, He that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, comfort. So it's the living fire, really, of Pentecost. It's the inflaming, the rekindling of the heart. I remember when I got saved, the first time I prophesied in the catacombs on Thursday night, I felt literally I was about to explode had I not spoken. I just knew I had to say what God was giving me. And the Lord gave me just the very few first words of the prophecy. As I began to prophesy, I felt a tremendous a fire, literally, not physically that you could feel it, but a fire in my spirit being. I felt like a bubbling. And that's what the word actually prophesy means. It means to bubble. So, now all prophecy, though, all prophecy must be judged. And I think it's very, very important to understand it. So, now let me kind of talk to you from my heart here, and then tomorrow I'm going to deal with developing the ministry uh, of prophecy or the gift of prophecy. Tomorrow we're going to talk about that because we can literally seek that gift in our life and God will give it to us. Now, I'm going to talk to you straight, one-on-one, heart-to-heart. I've been in the ministry now 48 years, this coming December 7th. I've seen a lot. I've learned a lot. A few years back, I became uncomfortable with certain individuals who were very gifted, who were giving people information that was actually harming them, not helping them. One man began to give people uh, their bank accounts number publicly or phone numbers publicly. It began to trouble a lot of our people and troubled me especially because I began to think to myself, this is exposing people to harm. So I went to the Bible. I went into the depth of scripture to see what is prophecy. And I saw clearly from the word, anything outside redemption is dangerous. Anything that has nothing to do with our redemption is dangerous. When someone gives an individual a bank account, you have to ask yourself, well, what has this got to do with my redemption? Or your address, or your phone number, or your bank account. Well, what has this got to do with your redemption? Are they, what, what are they trying to prove so that they're hearing from God? But why would God expose us to harm, especially in this day? I remember a certain person came to OCC years ago. I had him come for a while. He was wonderful at first. And one night, when my heart was troubled and Suzanne next to me, and the place was packed, 
he, uh, I remember he pointed to a lady in the back. He said, Martha, stand up. So he knew her name and she stood up. And then he said, your husband, George, died. And she began crying in the back. And uh, he was right, he was accurate. And then he said, George tells me to tell you he's in heaven. And Ibra went, ooh, you could feel the discomfort in those words. George told me to tell you he's in heaven. That is psychic, simple. It's not prophetic anymore. When people say things like, George told me to tell you, he's speaking to a spirit then. He's not hearing from God. That was the beginning, the early days of the beginning of my questioning, what really is prophecy? How do I judge prophecy? Because we all want to believe the best in people. We all want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But you know, we cannot push the Bible aside just because we like them or because we want to be nice. We have to go to the world, especially when we see harm coming to God's people. A lady that uh, was in our meeting and one of those people, a gentleman, exposed her bank account. He gave her her bank account number. She was so upset, she came to him afterwards. She said, why would God give this man my bank information? I didn't know what to tell her. That was many years ago. And I made a decision. I will search the word of God, and I did. And nowhere in the Bible does God speak about something or someone that has nothing to do with the plan of God for redemption. So when someone says, so-and-so will be president, you're going to have to ask yourself, what has this got to do with our redemption? So-and-so will accomplish such-and-such in the government or in business or this or that. I know some will disagree with me, but the harm that I've seen come to people, so many of them, has been so troubling to me. And look, if I say one thing and the Bible says something different, believe the Bible, don't believe me, okay? If I say anything that is not in the Bible, dismiss what I say. I'm wrong and the Bible is always right. So the Bible is very clear on that. When God, for example, spoke about uh, the fact he will raise Nebuchadnezzar. Why? To fulfill his plan of redemption for Israel. Or later, the destruction of Babylon. Why? To fulfill his plan. Or the Assyrian king, or the Assyrian nation. Any nation that God spoke about through Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and so forth, it had to do with why did God speak about Cyrus, let's say, to fulfill his plan of redemption for his people, Israel. Quite simple. And in the New Testament, when Agabus came and said famine is coming, he was protecting God's people from the famine. And so because it could have affected them and harmed them in some way. So God is always protecting us, always never exposing us to danger and harm. So I'm talking to people right now that uh, I'm sure have had some problems with it like I have. And I'll say one more thing. Look, we need the prophetic. Oh, how we need the prophetic. But it has to be biblically based. It has to be within redemption. It has to be for edification, exhortation, comfort, not you know, bringing fear in your life and, and causing you such 
such uh, worry. It's always to edify you, to exhort you, to comfort you. I know there's a lot of things out there being said today that are not exactly what I believe anymore. But you know, we all grow and develop in the knowledge of the Word of God and prophecy how we need it, how we need to hear the pure Word of the Lord. And we all need to prophesy. We all need to edify, exhort, and comfort others today. So tomorrow join me because I want to talk to you about developing the ministry, the, the, the gift of prophecy. How do, we, how do we develop that gift in us, the ministry of prophecy, the gift of prophecy? And I do call it ministry because it is ministering to unto, unto God's people. So even though it's a gift, it's ministry. How do we develop that in our life? What do we do? So tomorrow I want to deal with that because if I should start now, uh, I'll keep you here a lot longer than I should. So please meet me tomorrow, join me tomorrow with me here on social media. And now I also want to talk, uh, talk to you very uh, heart to heart on why it's more important today, and please don't leave me now, but why it's more important today to give than it was a year ago. Giving to the Lord's work. Sowing in good ground. We are living in very troubled days. You all know that. Our only hope is in the Lord. Our only trust is in the Lord. And the Lord has given us amazing promises dealing with finance. 90% of our time is spent doing something or thinking about how to pay our bills. 90% of your time is spent connected somehow or another to finance. Think about your clothing, your food, your shelter, work and all. God really cares about our finances. And so it's important to give. It's more important than most of us realize. I've had my troubles financially in the past. I still do every, you know, here and there. And there's only one thing I've learned over the years, and I've learned it the hard way. Giving is a must. When we give to the Lord's work and we succeed in his work, we have to release it out of our hands in faith, trusting him, that he will multiply that seed. He will restore to us the blessings we're looking for. Give us the harvest we're looking for. I've shared this many times. When I go to a store and I buy something, I'm exchanging the money for what I need. When I give my money to God, I'm giving it to the hands of the Lord who multiplies it and gives it back to me multiplied. Now, no store will ever do that. No bank will ever do that. But it turns into seed in the Lord's hand. That's the difference. When I go to, to the store, my money doesn't turn into seed. It's just money that enables me to buy something I need. But the minute I give it to God, it turns into seed. And then God blesses that seed. God multiplies that seed. God gives me the harvest from that seed. And the more God gives me, then I can give more, to receive more, to give more, to receive more. But why am I giving? Am I giving to receive? No. I'm giving because I want to obey the word of the Lord. 
a faithful man will abound with blessings. One who keeps giving will abound with blessings. But to give here and to give there sometimes doesn't work. Farmers understand they have to continually sow. Every season they sow. And God gives them the harvest. We have got to understand sowing is continual in our life. We don't just do it when we have problems. We do it to keep problems away, frankly. And I'm talking to someone right now who really needs this. That you need to sow to keep the troubles you've had in the past away from, the, from your future. And please remember, we honor the Lord every time we sow seed. It says, honor him with your substance. And the first fruits, not the last fruits, the first fruits of your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new, with new wine. And that's his promise. Can I pray with you? Lord, speak to them. Bless them, Lord, as they sow right now into your work. Yes, Lord, bless them richly. Everything will, that they touch will prosper and multiply. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, I'll see you tomorrow as I teach on developing the gift of prophecy. I'll see you then. And share this teaching with your friends. Oh, by the way, you can give on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benhin.org, or you can simply text BHM 45777. Much love. Bye-bye.